Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show and happy Friday. Today I'm joined by Glenn Beck, the one and only, one of the most talented people in all of media. He really, as I was talking to um, a friend of mine today, just there's no one else like him. There's never been anybody else like him. And I doubt there ever will be anybody else like Glenn. Just so much talent wrapped up in one man. Um, So I love talking to him about anything. But um, today there's a lot to go over. He's, of course, the host of the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV. And our lead in here, if you're listening on Sirius XM Triumph Channel 111, he's coming up in one minute. But first, we're going to talk sports, something I rarely do. (laughs) And the reason we're talking sports is because the NBA returns this month. And with it comes the return of the athletes with more social capital than in any other sport in the world. NBA players have tremendous cultural power and they exert it, as we saw when they immersed themselves in the so-called social justice movement over the past year or two. This activism has been celebrated as player empowerment by a media desperate to prove its woke credentials on subjects like racial justice. They love it. Journalists castigate those who point out that this divisive messaging by players and coaches on issues like BLM and defunding the police is making half the country dislike these players, not to mention hurting the ratings. But the journalists say, shut up, shut up. We deny it. Don't talk about it. But it's true. It's been very divisive and it's really cost the NBA in terms of its ratings. The nonstop lecturing can turn off even casual fans who just want to watch a basketball game and not get lectured to on social mores by a bunch of guys whose league has not exactly been a leader when it comes to obeying the law, treating women respectfully, I could go on. No matter, NBA stars speaking their minds when it comes to George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and cops, the media loves it. Love it. But it turns out that player empowerment, it's kind of annoying when it comes to COVID and mandatory vaccines. Yes, a secret exception to the preach rule of reacting when players speak out on social issues. Who knew this was in there? Uh, No, you see, when it comes to athletes who don't support mandatory vaccines or who don't even want to get the vaccine themselves, (gasps) these woke media scolds are much more in the Laura Ingram shut up and dribble camp. Who knew? You see, in 2021, the only socially acceptable COVID vaccine position is every good person must do as Dr. Science, I mean Fauci, instructs and get one and then tell others to get one too. There is a serious lack of vaccine rationalists in the corporate media whose official position is you either believe everyone must get a vaccine or you're a dangerous anti-vaxxer. No middle ground, no nuance, and no one is allowed to care about anyone's particular medical history. Irrelevant. (laughs) But the reality of these vaccines is, of course, it's a bit more complicated than the media admits. Shocking, I know. And I say this as somebody who supports vaccines, who is vaccinated, and I love the vaccine. I think it's a miracle. I think we should be very proud that we came up with the Pfizer and the Moderna and the J&J vaccine so quickly in record time. We should be touting it, not afraid of it. All right. But I don't support the mandates and I loathe the dishonest media scolds who deem you a bad person for not wanting the vaccine while they're out partying in bars all night, allegedly rubbing their hands on their genitals and then shoving them all over strangers faces. Hi, Don Lemon. Hi, looking at you. 
And now the COVID vaccine zealots have turned their sights on the very NBA players whose voices they had deemed so important back when they were bashing cops. Is it because murder rates are now at record highs in America's major cities? Ha! Huh. No, no. It's because many of these guys, as it turns out, are not super pro-vaccine. Or perhaps they're just not pro-vaccine mandates. The horror again. And they've had the nerve to say it out loud. Now, I don't know much about basketball, but I do have a working knowledge of who some of the superstars are. And some of the biggest names in the sport are in this vocal minority. You saw LeBron James this week say he he got the vaccine, but he wasn't going to tell others what to do. Uh, you got Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal. And then there's Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic. Did you hear him this week? He gave probably the best response I have seen yet from any public figure on his thought process behind whether to get the vaccine, a rational, cogent response to a question about why so far he has chosen to remain unvaccinated. Listen, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. That was amazing. Wasn't that perfect? Obviously, Isaac makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. He's had COVID, for God's sake, right? We've heard this from nurses who are about to get fired and school teachers who are about to get fired who have had COVID and don't want to have the vaccine forced on them. But this logical point of view is not allowed. Rolling Stone, the once respectable magazine, published a piece piece headlined, the NBA's anti-vaxxers are trying to push around the league and it's working. He's not an anti-vaxxer. Not wanting to get the vaccine once you've had COVID does not make you an anti-vaxxer. Isaac, who already drew the media's ire a couple of seasons ago for being one of the few players to refuse to take a knee in support of Black Lives Matter, his first sin, is described as, quote, deeply religious and proudly unvaccinated, more sins, and is said to have come to his vaccine decision after, quote, studying black history and, wait for it, watching Donald Trump's press conferences, his worst sin of all. (laughs) That was it. That's when he lost the media. But Isaac maintains he's not anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-medicine. I'm not anti-science. I didn't come to my current vaccination status by studying Black history or watching Donald Trump press conferences. I have nothing but the utmost respect for every healthcare um, worker and person in Orlando and all across the world that have worked tirelessly to keep us safe. Um, my mom has worked in healthcare for a really long time. Um, 
I thank God. I'm grateful that I live in a society where vaccines are possible and we can uh, uh, protect ourselves and have the means to protect ourselves for the first in the first place. Um, but with that being said, it is my belief that the, the vaccine status of every person should be their own choice um, and completely up to them without the without bullying, without being pressured or without being forced into doing so. So he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Right. He came to his decision on his own. He did his own research. And that's not OK. And the response to players like Isaac, who are calmly, rationally, convincingly making their case, is it shut up and listen to them? As we were told when a black man spoke during the Black Lives Matter protest back in 2020. Uh, no, no, they no longer want us to listen. Will Leach of New York Magazine has has the perfect response. Players who aren't vaccinated explaining their decision shows, quote, the downside of player empowerment. Again, shut up and drivel, guys. Shut up and drivel, says Will. Chris Eliza of CNN writes that, unfortunately, several elite NBA players used their return to camp to voice their deeply uninformed views on the COVID-19 vaccination. Did Isaac seem deeply uninformed to you? Did he? Did he seem off the reservation? Chris Eliza's translation? You're a bunch of dumbasses. That's what he thinks. Signed, Chris Eliza. Can't wait for the articles, by the way, about how Saliza is bullying these players. Saliza is the same guy who tore into Donald Trump for challenging Dr. Fauci's narrative that COVID-19 began in nature, absolutely in nature, and definitely not in a lab in Wuhan, China. Saliza at the time chastised then-President Trump, writing, quote, only one of these two people is a world-renowned infectious disease expert, and it's not Donald Trump. Of course, the former heads of the FDA and the CDC both now say the lab leak theory is the most likely explanation for the origins of COVID-19, Chris. And a majority of Democrats and Republicans also now believe that. No thanks to uncurious lemmings in the press like you. But it is not just Saliza who's upset with players like Isaac. Scott Van Pelt of ESPN delivered a viral rant against these players on his show this week. Listen. When you're a star athlete who avoids answering with some vague explanation about doing more research, it's a bit disingenuous. What type of research? Where? Is this something that you read or heard somewhere? Are you researching smallpox vaccines, polio, flu shots, any of that? Truth is, you're probably not going to explain to anyone why you're choosing not to do this. And again, that is their right. Kevin Durant called Kyrie Irving's decision personal. But when personal decisions impact the player's ability to be available to their employer in a relationship which makes both of them a whole lot of money, what happens next? I don't know. I also don't know why athletes who have trusted doctors their entire careers to care for ailments suddenly distrust them on this specific issue. If there were internet threads about how having your ACL repaired with a ligament from a cadaver would turn you into a mutant, maybe they'd be hesitant to do that too. I don't know. Not for nothing, but the condescension dripping from Van Pelt and Leach and Saliza is coming from three white guys, essentially describing NBA players who all happen to be black as a bunch of ignorant dopes. So what are we really seeing here? What's really going on? It's more evidence of how dishonest these media hacks are and the collapse of their vacuous claim that they are for player empowerment, support NBA players finding their voice, and want them to voice their unvarnished opinions. Sure, the media loves that when the opinions are, quote, the correct ones. The vaccine issue isn't going anywhere. It's going to be front and center this season in the NBA and elsewhere. And while the goal of these media outlets is, theoretically, to get more people vaccinated, 
shaming and bullying those who make a different choice and pretending they don't have perfectly reasonable reasons for their, those choices, like already having had COVID, is the absolute worst way to persuade anyone to listen to them. But then it's not about persuasion. It's about control. The vaccine zealots, just like the CRT zealots, fear they're losing it. They're losing control when guys like Isaac speak out. And they are. And they should. And we can continue wresting control from media hacks who loathe anyone who disagrees with them by continuing to speak out to your school board, your employer, your local paper, your neighbors on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and elsewhere while we still can. Joining me now, my pal Glenn Beck. He's hosted the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV. So Glenn, Laura Ingram, who got so pilloried for shut up and dribble, is now being (laughs) echoed by these media guys because the basketball players don't necessarily want to be forced to get a vaccine, especially if they've already had COVID. And now the shut up and dribble crowd, right, has grown, but without any acknowledgement of their own hypocrisy. Isn't it amazing uh, how uh, the so, so tolerant left uh, loves everybody's opinion until they disagree with them and then shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Um, You know, I'm I think I'm kind of consistent. I really don't care what a basketball player has to say about anything other than basketball. And I'm not into basketball. So there's no reason for me to ever ask a basketball player about anything. Maybe that's just me. Uh, You know, if I if I want advice on whether I should get the vaccine or not, I'm going to my doctor. (laughs) Right. Uh, And unfortunately, my doctor uh, recommends that for me that I don't get the vaccine because I've already had COVID. So I have the natural immunity to it. Um, And he's watching on that. Well, gee, that doctor, he must be a bad doctor because uh, he's he's going to, you know, he can't say crazy things like that. He should be telling everyone to get the vaccine. No, no, it should be between me and my doctor. And you know what? If I if I happen to pick a crazy doctor, well, that's my right to pick a crazy mm-hmm. doctor. I mean, uh, if you remember Chris Cuomo, uh, his doctor that treated him, treated him with soup and uh, is, is, you know, it was treating his astro body. So please don't tell me that I have to have a doctor that you approve of when you wouldn't even look into the doctor that Chris Cuomo was getting treatment from. And he was telling us exactly how to live our life. His wife was taking baths in bleach, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not It's not Donald Trump. It's people like that. Uh, and you know what? If you want to take baths in bleach, I'm, I mean, I happen to also believe in natural selection or the, you know, survival of the fittest. Yes. I mean, OK, you know, use your own brain. Use your own brain. And if your brain's telling you, I should inject bleach, well, then have at it. Good luck. Good luck with that. Good yeah. luck with that. It's just to me, it's so like the, the story is so good because it encompasses so much about the media and how awful the, the corporate media is. Right. It's like we were told you will shut up and listen when a black man speaks back when the NBA oh, was doing the BLM protests. Yeah. You will be quiet and listen. Right. Now you got and, all these and, white journalists being like, oh, there's such a bunch of ignorant dumbasses. Right. And we're and we're going to them that we have to listen to them about everything, including that. No, there's no problem with China. China's great. China's so free and wonderful. Please, 
please. I, I stopped listening to you. Well, that was like, I mean, that was one of the earliest interviews I did on my podcast was with Mark Cuban, who came on in the first half of the the podcast was talking about how we have a moral duty to speak up when we see things that are wrong, that are they're morally wrong. And that's why it was important for the NBA to have BLM on the court, you know, painted on the court and the players to have these jerseys with these social messages mm. on them and so on. And then I said, what about China? Are you ready to speak out against them and the ethnic genocide that's going on right now while you're taking their money? And he wouldn't do it. He I asked him to get specific. I had to press him 10 times before he'd really go there, Glenn. And even then he was he was mad. He was mad. I mean, it was like, shit, fuck, shit. You know, like, whoa, I've touched a nerve um, because, I, yeah, his, his 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 bravery wasn't quite so uh, large when we got up to the subject. Yeah, because it's not it's not even about bravery. It's you know, it's are you on the side of, quote, the future? And the future is, according to some, uh, you know, the uh, Great Reset, uh, build back better China kind of policies. Uh, China is our friend and people who believe in the Constitution is not they are not our friend. That's not the future. Um, you know, when, when Nancy Pelosi said in England, what was it last week or the week before? She actually said that we know that China is continuing their genocide with the Uyghurs. Now, I want to stop the tape just there. You are admitting as a federal official that you know that they are committing genocide on a group of people. Okay, that that should probably be noted. Um, We didn't we didn't even admit that uh, during World War II when we clearly knew what was going Mm -hmm. on. We didn't even admit that because then you have a moral responsibility to stop it. But she said, we know that they're continuing the genocide on the Uyghurs, but. We have to work with them on global warming. And so we can't bring things like that up because we need them to save the planet. Are, are, are these people completely out of their mind? They are, they are so disconnected from reality and from, you know, everything that we were all taught by our moms and dads or our grandparents or somebody that we really respected and looked up to. There are certain common sense things, and we've abandoned all of them, all of them. And they're talking gibberish. All of them are talking gibberish. And I, I feel like I'm alone, but then I listen to people like you, and I, I talk to people on the street, and everybody is is just going, wait, wait, is it just me? Am I the only one that thinks that that's mm-hmm. crazy? Am I the only one that thinks that you shouldn't have to have the vaccine, let people make their own decision. Why is it that we don't why is it that we don't get this vaccine from our doctors yet? I mean, I understand why we had to go to CVS at first because they were going to put them in parking lots and everything else. But why can't our doctor? I mean, because if you really wanted to make sure people had the vaccine, I know I get the flu shot because I'm in the doctor's office for something. He's like, oh, by the way, have you had your flu shot yet? No, Mm -hmm. I haven't. Yeah, we'll just give it to you. Okay. You want to have that? Give it to the doctors. Why can't the doctors do it? Mm, They do it for their own offices. But I I think back to when the vaccine first came out 
And I saw um, a well-known doctor in New York City who was not a primary care physician. I was seeing him for something else. And he was saying that he was getting offers from people who are on like the board of his hospital for $100,000 so that they could get one of the early vaccines. People were desperate to get the vaccine, right? And it's like, and now- now it's switched to where some people have vaccine hesitancy. Some people are are anti-vax. That's their thing. That whatever. That's you do you. Whatever. Um, yeah. And some you people you, have boo. had COVID and genuinely do not appear to need the vaccine. We just had two doctors on yesterday saying the studies show you do have better immunity when you've had COVID. And Correct. while y- you could boost it with a vaccine on top of your you know recovery from COVID, um, why isn't that a personal choice? Why is it that uh, I think it's one of the Navy SEALs I wrote, uh, I read about today. Somebody, I think it's military, uh, is suing for natural immunity. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Why can't I count yeah. my natural immunity? What, since when did that just was thrown out of science? These are popping up more and more, these lawsuits. And so far in the lawsuits I've seen, the the defendants have caved when confronted with that question, when it's a natural immunity. That's the best kind of plaintiff for these cases, somebody who has it, who had COVID and has natural immunity. And let's say that they can go in and prove that their antibodies are strong or what have you, um, going in there to say, I don't understand. Why don't I matter? Why doesn't my illness count for anything? All right, stand by. One of the... Uh, one I'm of the to... one of the lead virologists uh, at Johns Hopkins, I had him on my show a few weeks ago, and he's like, look, I mean, that it, natural immunity exists. It always has existed. And that's why we tried to get to herd immunity. Um, and you are better off than a vaccine if you have the antibodies, if you've had a really strong case of it. I did. Um, yes. If you have a bad case of it, you're better off. Um, That's what our doctor yesterday said. Even our Dr. Monica Gandhi, who is Gandhi, who is pro vaccine mandate, even she was saying in particular, if you had a strong case of covid, you've got very strong antibodies. But these same people are telling us to listen to science, Glenn, who, you know, they won't acknowledge it. There's the same people who call women now bodies with vaginas. And it's like the rest of us, like you say, are sitting around saying, am I the crazy one? No, I'm not. I'm not the crazy one. They're also telling us that the hospitals are overrun and these doctors on the front line and these nurses are heroes. Oh, let's fire you without without any kind of pension or anything because you wouldn't take the vaccine. How many of them have all have the antibodies now because mm-hmm. they had covid now we're punishing those people. We're we're letting people in on the at the border with illness Yes. One out of five have an illness. Gee, I wonder what that is. We're letting them in. We're putting them into our cities. There's no tracking of it, nothing whatsoever. But now our border patrol has until the end of the month. If they don't have if they're not fully vaccinated, they're fired. It's so are crazy. Crazy? It's insane. By the way, here in New York State, those healthcare workers who are about to get fired, the teachers who are about to get fired, they don't get unemployment benefits. Our governor has said you get nothing. You're fired. I don't give a damn about your natural immunity. Your ass is fired. You're not collecting unemployment this and is, the punishment will go on from there. This is so wrong and this is the first time I've agreed with the teachers union I know. probably in about 8 years. Right. Um I mean, here are these people and and I have such a hard time having sympathy 
for people who have played games with our children as much as they have. Um, but they're right. And I'm sorry, I will defend the teachers union on this particular front because mm -hmm. they're right. It is unconstitutional. It's insanity. First of all, it's not a vaccine like the smallpox vaccine or, you know, uh, the polio vaccine where we are eradicating it. It's more of a treatment than it is a vaccine. Yes. You can and still spread it once you've yes. been vaccinated. It's, if you, if yes. this were like the earlier version, right, when we had before Delta, that version of COVID wasn't as transmissible to the vaccinated or by the vaccinated. But with Delta, all bets are off. And yes, it might give you a little bit more of a measure of protection against spreading it or receiving it. But very clearly, you can spread COVID uh, right now if you've been vaccinated. So to to pretend that you can't put that teacher in front of my students um, unless he's been vaccinated, because otherwise he could he could spread covid to my kid. He can spread covid to your kid, even if he's been vaccinated. That's a sad yep. truth right now. Yes. Yes. And it you know, um, the reason why people are acting the way they are right now, first of all, took six years for the polio vaccine. To break after six years, I think it was 61 or 63 percent of the public had the vaccine. That's where your kids aren't walking anymore. OK, mm -hmm. and it took six years for the public to get up to 60 percent vaccination. So I don't know exactly what they're expecting. Uh, there's nothing that Americans do. Ninety eight percent lockstep. Right. Nothing. Um, and you're expecting us to get to that. It's in completely unreasonable. And if it were a if it were uh, Ebola, we'd all have the vaccine. Mm -hmm. We'd all have the vaccine. But this if you were a movie maker and you were going to make a movie about a pandemic and it was going to wipe out everything and you were going to you watch the destruction of this pandemic, would a Hollywood writer select covid to be the bad guy? No, because no one would believe it. No one would believe that everyone would have this kind of argument, this fight. You destroy the economy. Literally, um, I hope we get to the economy at some Actually, point. Actually, we Megan. will. Yes, I want to get into Because it too. what is happening right now is there are going to be empty shelves everywhere in this country next year. Mm. We haven't even begun to pay the price of what we've done because of COVID. And we're arguing about this stupid vaccine. Mm. It's insane. And in the meantime, insane. we're just heaping more pain on corporate America, um, yep. saying saying there no, won't no, no, be no, any. No, there no, won't be no. any. No, don't worry. No, not not corp, not the giant corporations. Remember, you no, couldn't the small go to businesses. You, yes, you couldn't go to Ace Hardware, but somehow or another, Home Depot was good. It was a COVID free zone. Um, we're crushing the small businessman and the entrepreneur. The big businesses, they're fine. No, they're they're going to be fine. Fist. Wait, let me yep. tell you something, though. A, a, a quick little story before we take this break about Ace Hardware. So I, we did the quarantine in Montana where we had been skiing when everything shut down. And mm. we had gone on that trip understanding that there was a chance that could happen. So we kind of made plans and we stayed in Montana. And everything was closed, as you know, during quarantine out there everywhere. Everything. But there was, I mean, this is like a sleepy little town in Montana. There's there was one Ace Hardware that was open, so I go in there. And Montana is not not like New York City, Glenn. It's that's Fox Country, <laughs> so th they knew me there. So I yeah. walk into Ace, 
the first day and I needed my retail therapy. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, I didn't care. Yeah. I, by the, I was like, I really need that bucket. I desperately need yeah. it. And then the next day and I need it in green too. Um, right. So the first day I walk in there and the, and the ladies are like, oh my God, are you making Kelly? I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, we're big fans. Blah, 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 blah. Flash forward to the end of the quarantine. They're like, hey, how's it going? I couldn't. I was there so much. We became fast friends. They knew everything about me. It got to the point where they couldn't have cared less. I was basically helping them restock the shelves before we left so Montana. Uh, so I have a special place in my heart for the Ace Hardware. Yeah. All right. Let me stand you by because I do have to squeeze in a break. Um, so much to go over with Glenn. I do want to get into the economy, the inflation with this $3.5 trillion that they're about to shove on us, plus the $1.2 trillion on top of that. And what's happening now with illegal immigration and our DHS secretary saying we now cannot deport illegal immigrants just for being here illegally. You, if you find somebody who's here unlawfully, you may not push to deport him. You have to prioritize only those people who actually who pose a risk to public safety. Uh, don't go away. So much to go over. Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Welcome back to The Megan Kelly Show, everyone. My guest today is Glenn Beck, host of The Glenn Beck Program on Blaze TV and right here on Sirius XM as well. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, the southern border. So much to go over, including mm. now in the midst of seeing all these migrants come across the southern border to the tune of, I've heard as many as 18,000. Um, what is DHS's message these days? It's don't deport anyone who doesn't pose a threat to public safety and isn't a new arrival. So 
it's basically amnesty. They couldn't get their amnesty through um, in their reconciliation bill because even the Senate parliamentarian was like, well, that that's not really about a budget issue. That's something else that should be run by the American people. The DHS secretary has effectively granted it because if we're not going to deport you, I mean, it's not citizenship, but if we're not going to do anything about you and you're here illegally, uh, unless you pose some serious crime with a threat or as a terrorist, that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to America. Yeah. Let me uh, let me translate what the DHS uh, said, uh, because I, you know, I I speak bullcrap fluently. So let me translate it to English. Everyone who wants to come to America, come on in. Come on in right now. Nothing's going to happen to you. Haitians, we were just kidding. Come across the border. Everything's great. That's what people are hearing. That's what they're hearing. Are you using sound effects live in real time? I got to talk to Sirius. Why? I cannot do that, Abby. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) No, that's exactly right, though. I can can also do this. Nothing to see here. Nothing at all. Yeah, oh my so God! I'm gonna have you ever need about to, that. You ever need the devil to show up? We can we can do that. Yeah, is that anyway? Your, that should have been your Nancy Pelosi voice in the last. Yeah, episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, what what's happening is they are making this announcement, and they are telling everyone who wants to come here, come. They say that they're saying the opposite. No, 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 no. We we've got. Uh, Kamala in some hidden closet somewhere telling people not to come, sending a very clear message. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not what you say. It's what you do. And what they're doing is sending the message. Come on in. You're fine. Mm-hmm. We're not going to hassle you. And their defense to this is, oh, no, we're only saying that for people who were here, you know, prior to 2020. No, you're not. I mean, look, even if that were true, these migrants have no idea. They they don't, A, believe that or B, have any idea about what time qualifier is on there. Those migrants who came across the border the last couple of weeks, they weren't like, oh, but we're too late to join the party. (laughs) You know, it's a farce. No, there is. Uh, I mean, let me ask you this, Megan, um, and, and, and ask you this sincerely. If you wanted to collapse every system that we have, if you thought the United States was bad and should be put in its place and uh, should stop doing wars all around the world, uh, should uh, stop spreading colonialism, uh, should uh, pay for its uh, its crimes of the past um, and join the rest of the world in reality, would you do anything differently than what this administration has done on all fronts? Mm. I mean, if you look at just Afghanistan, yes. look at how they have destroyed our allyship. Uh, you know, they said Trump was going to destroy NATO, really, because it was pretty healthy when he left. Now NATO's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now all of our allies are saying we won't we won't join you in a fight uh, with this administration because we can't trust them. Uh, they've sent the signal that China is in charge. America is leaving the world stage. Extraordinarily dangerous. They've sent the message internally that we do leave people behind. We sent mm-hmm. the message internally. You have anything to say about it and you're a military man? Shut your mouth or you go to prison. Um, We're setting all kinds of really bad messages and every single one of them 
if it was a mistake in Afghanistan, you would have you would have said, OK, this isn't this clearly isn't working. Do we have another strategy? And we'd reverse it. No, they're claiming this is a success. Right. This is what they wanted. You look at that with the economy and inflation. You look at it with the border. Everything that is being done, it's not a mistake. It's not incompetence. It's not that he's senile. Otherwise, they would have reversed the course when they would have seen the devastating effects. This is a plan. We are being um, uh, slowly nursed down into a third world kind of nation. And uh, let me challenge you on that, because I I think it is incompetence. I don't know. I don't see Joe Biden as some evil master planner up there trying to take down America. Correct. I don't think he is either. I think this is his opportunity as it's been sold to him to be the next FDR. They're going to fundamentally transform America. Yes. Um, so I don't I, I, you don't have to go evil. They think they're right. They think this is the right thing for America. So it's not that they are, um, you know, twirling their mustache and saying, ah, ha, 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 we've got them now. It's this is what they've worked their whole life for. The leftists have worked their whole life for this. They think that's where America belongs. And so it is happening. And if you want to blame it on incompetence, then you have to play the odds. What are the odds that everything this administration has done has worked not in the favor of a stable United States uh, government or uh, a stable society. Mm-hmm. Not one. If it was incompetent. Okay, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about once it. Once in a while, something would fall our way. In a, in a in in the category of incompetence, we can look at Afghanistan and how poorly it was handled. And then you hear the general say that five six days before we hit the August thirty first deadline, which was imaginary anyway. Um, they he finally went to them and said, mm, what if we stayed past that date? Could you give me a plan or staying past that? So it's to me, it seems like the Biden administration was scrambling. They realized how badly they screwed up and they waited too long. And they finally went to the generals and said, what else could we do? They weren't satisfied and they didn't pull out. I mean, they did pull out on the 31st. So that's a point, I think, in favor of incompetence as opposed to okay. master plan. But I want, I'm going to give you the floor. But I also think that you look at what's happening at the border. You look at, you know, the economy pumping all this. But you want to uh, there's so much to discuss about the economy today. But just in general, for now, pumping all this money in an, into a, an economy um, where inflation is already on the on the rise. I think those things are driven by their in large part woke a nonsensical ideology. They want more immigrants across the border because they believe somehow they're going to turn into Democrats and it's going to help them win votes and the ends justify the means. They want more people um, to have this money through the three point five trillion dollar plan because it's it's part of the rescue of the the middle class, the working class. We're going to give free college. We're going to quote free, free college, and we're going to get free daycare. We're going to free everything, take from the haves, give to the have nots closer to a utopia. I think that's how they see the world. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm saying when I say they don't, they're not twirling their mustache. They think that they are right. They think that they are right, but we are also being managed in our decline. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't care if you think you're right, you are not abiding in many cases by the Constitution. They are intentionally. Tell me, tell me how the mistake is that we put somebody who was involved in tree spiking 
into uh, the uh, BLM management. That's BLM, crazy. not Black Lives Matter, but uh, yeah. but Bureau of Bureau Land, of Land management. management. The so yeah. you put in an activist who was a radical hanging out with terrorists. You put them in charge of all of the federal land, which I'll remind you, I'm a, I'm a rancher in Idaho. So I have cattle and I have a thousand acres and cows that are grazing on a thousand acres. Well, no rancher has enough land to graze their cattle um, alone. You you use BLM land. You that's what it's for. They were just supposed to maintain it. And everyone can use that land to graze cattle or whatever. So you have extra feed. Well, she's not going to do that. You're going to see a closing down of the BLM land, which will make ranchers go out of business, uh, hamburger, meat, any kind of uh, any kind of beef. Yes. And it all goes to exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. And it's not incompetence. It's what they do. It's this is what they want to happen. But it is a it's not something that I think most Biden voters voted for. Mm -hmm. Most Biden voters were told he's going to return to normal. None of this is normal. None of this is normal. Well, That's why you get the the comments by people now like but no mean tweets. And they're right. There's no question right. Donald yeah. Trump did not project stable genius, as he said about himself so many times. Stable genius is not exactly what you think of when you think of Trump. But we no. didn't have this nonsense. Yes, we had no. weird messages on Twitter, Kavefi, and we had some divisive messaging from the Oval Office. I don't think uh. any sane person would dispute that. However, you're you're is this not divisive what he's doing to young men on college campuses women with vaginas or, or bodies with vaginas the, the, that's the oh, lancet but his it, the cdc is now refusing to, to use the term women as well that's not divisive not to mention what's happening at the border and all these migrants coming across who are going to take jobs and, and he doesn't care about the working class he cares about the working class so the 3.5 trillion what about the people who are going to lose their jobs thanks to folks who come across the southern border and don't belong? what about the women who are going to get raped by the cartels what like how is that not divisive? Uh, it 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 is that people who claim to be humanitarians are not humanitarians. You know who's over there? I you know is glad over there saving homosexuals in Afghanistan who are going to be killed. Uh, is the National Organization of Women are they mounting a big campaign to go help all those women? No, no. They don't you were, actually you care were. about these things. Glenn Beck was doing it and and running. I into still am roadblocks. We still have people turn. risking their lives to get people out. We have saved homosexuals, women, uh, uh, Christians, Little Muslims. Girls. It doesn't matter if you are marked for death. I happen to still believe. Let me just say it this way. I still hold these things self-evident. That no matter who you are, you have a right to live. You have a right to express yourself the way you feel without any interference. And apparently, the, all of these human rights organizations, they don't actually believe that anymore. It's not just Glenn Beck raising attention to these things and concerned about them, nor Megyn Kelly. The latest polls for Joe Biden are terrible on a lot of these core issues. I'm going to bring it uh, back to that next, and then we'll get to what's happening with our economy to the point where the dollar store is now raising most of its prices to a dollar fifty. Did you? Know, I mean, if that doesn't encapsulate what we're looking at in a nutshell, I don't know what does. 
It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine Engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com/carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24/7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com/carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com/carlson and save 20% today. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show, everyone. My guest today, Glenn Beck, host of the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV. Okay, so the polls, uh, Biden's now officially underwater in virtually every poll I've seen, uh, meaning his disapproval numbers are higher than his approval numbers. There's a morning consult poll showing, um, oh, sorry, no, this is Quinnipiac, showing, okay, his approval with independence is now stuck in the 30s when it comes to how he's handling foreign policy, 59% disapprove, only 34% approve. When it comes to the job of commander in chief, chief, 55% disapprove, only 40% approve. When it comes to how he's handling the economy, 52% disapprove, only 42% approve. And even COVID, where just a couple of months ago, his numbers were very high, at least his base liked the way he was handling the pandemic. Um, Now, more disapprove than approve. It's 49% disapprove to 48% approve. These numbers are terrible and they don't just spell disaster for Joe Biden. We're looking at a potential bloodbath if it stays here come the midterms. And what's amazing is, uh, go ahead, pull the parachute on this guy who probably is not fit to be president of the United States anymore. Um, and then you, you, you get who? Kamala, who has mm. even lower ratings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, this is a very unpopular uh, regime. Uh, and next year, I know we're going to talk about the economy next year. Uh, y- they will marvel at the times when they had a 35 percent approval rating. They will mm. marvel at those days. How how do they solve the personnel issue, right? If Joe Biden lives up to his term to not run again, and let's face it, it doesn't look like he's going to have any choice. I mean, he's just, you can see him decompensating. Um, They can't run her. She can't. I think even the Democrats know she cannot win against a DeSantis, a Trump. I don't know. Trump's, he's a stickier wicket, right? Because he's there, people have very strong opinions. And in the latest polls, by the way, show that the, the I think it was some 44 percent of Biden's voters voted for him simply because he wasn't Trump. The vast majority uh, voted well, 52 percent, mm-hmm. I think it was. And then there's some undecided. But 44 percent didn't even choose him because they liked him. They cho- chose him because he wasn't Trump. So let's say it's not right. Trump. Let's say it's a DeSantis or a Pompeo, whomever. They got to find somebody else, Glenn. They got to run somebody else. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look to the future, it's bleak for Democrats um, because there isn't anybody that speaks the language of the heartland and and normal people anymore. Um, they're all wild extremists. And, and I, I don't mean, you know, uh, 
that they're all, you know, Marxist. I mean, that, that you know, when, when you don't when you won't allow anyone in your party to say, you know, partial birth abortion is bad. Mm. Um, you know, you, you're you're in an extremist group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know who they could possibly run. Which you got I Joe think Manchin, is, but they call him a Republican. Yeah, I mean, you can't have no one will be able to run in that party uh, as a uh, as a as a regular American ever again, because mm-hmm. the, they are too extreme now. The only person that I could think of would be somebody like Michelle Obama. I don't think she'd do it, but it would take somebody like that. You, you could take, uh, you know, Chris uh, Rock Johnson uh, and maybe mm-hmm. run him. But I don't even know if he's that extreme. You mean Dwayne, um, Chris Rock or Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. No, in Dwayne, fact, that would be a formidable Rock, no, ticket. No, not Chris Rock, but, but Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne, the, Dwayne Rock the Rock uh, Johnson. Sorry. Uh, yeah, those two confused. Um, they but, would be an uh, amazing ticket. The Republicans yeah, would, would be scared. They, they yeah, could win. You know, I, I might even vote for that one just because it'd be fun. Um, but <laughs> be funny uh, too. Chris Rock's uh, you're, you're going to have to reach out and get somebody new. Uh, the other thing that you have going for you is if you look at the reconciliation bill, it has all of... Uh, or a lot of uh, H.R. 1 and uh, Senate Bill 4 in there. It has a lot of the overreach um, to take over as the federal government some of these elections. Um, And that's the only thing I could think of that would save them is dirty play on the elections because there's no future to this. Well, I mean, the thought of pushing out uh, a woman, a woman of color who's been the sitting vice president as the heir apparent is, I mean, for this party that's been lecturing us about all those things for how many years now? Oh, yeah. They're they're in a dicey position. Uh, these numbers oh, are not I, good. Oh, uh, I would love for them to run her. Just run. She is yeah. so unlikable. Run she, is the, nobody, she is the nobody most in her own party liked her politician we've seen in decades um up next we are going to get into the economy and the news is not good and glenn who's been very good about making predictions and they're scary (laughs) um we'll make one here that you're going to want to hear so that's up next don't go away we're going to talk in depth with glenn beck his economic predictions uh and by the way speaking of vice president kamala harris we're going to talk about the fallout now from her praising a student who accused israel of ethnic genocide she did not push back Stand by. Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now.
It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine Engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com/carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24/7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com/carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com/carlson and save 20% today. Welcome back to The Megan Kelly Show. My guest today, Glenn Beck, host of the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV. And to kick this off, uh, our discussion on the economy, let's just talk about inflation, because that is something it's like this mm. scary economic word. But w- most Americans know it and experience it as just price increases, price increases on everything from gas uh, and meat to things like what you buy at the dollar store, where now for the first time that I can ever remember, instead of things costing a dollar, they're going to be a dollar fifty. Announces Dollar Tree stores saying many of their items just have to go up now. If you are building a house, you have felt this acutely. Um, the prices are going up all over the board, and while the Biden administration continued to say no, 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 they're going to go back down, they're going to go right back down. So a temporary blip, they said in the spring. It isn't true. Um, the all the forecasts now are. They're getting more dire by the moment, but they're not good. The Fed is predicting inflation this year will be 4.1% up from the June (laughs) forecast of 3.4. The National Association of Business Economists, they raised the fourth quarter inflation forecast from it had been 2.8 to 5.1%. Now, even Biden's top economic advisor, who had been the most vocal in denying that uh, that one point nine trillion dollar, you know, that was the covid rescue plan. Uh, He said that's not going to trigger inflation. Now he says "Mm, we're going to see inflation through at least the middle of 2022. Um, There was a great article in Issues and Insights today by the editorial board just putting the lie to all of this. This as they're predicting GDP growth is going down. So we're going to make less. We're going to spend more. And now two thirds of the public is saying they believe inflation is going to be a long term problem, including 59 percent of Democrats, because people feel it. That's something you cannot tell them not to believe their lying eyes. They feel it and they know the difference between one dollar and one dollar and 50 cents. Can I can and I don't want to speak down to the audience or you or anything, but I think we have to understand things clearly. So could I play could could I just play question and answer with you on how inflation how it works and You're what it, press the what magic it button again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, what is, what is the definition of inflation? Do you know mm. off the top of your head? This is so bad. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's it, rising prices. Yeah. Rising prices. It is too much money chasing too few goods. Okay. So when, when there's a balance between money and goods, then everything is fine. But when there's a shortage of goods uh, or a lot of money out in the system, that price will go up because people can afford to buy it uh, or 
they will start bidding the price up because they want that piece. Okay, they want that. And so when there's a shortage of goods, pardon me, supply and demand. Yes, supply and demand. Okay, too much money uh, chasing too few goods. So that's what's happening. We are uh, on two fronts. We have COVID, which is taken a lot of stuff. How many of us now feel like I've never I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. I've never had to try to find at nine o'clock at night an open fast food restaurant because they're all closed because nobody's working them. Uh, I've never gone into so many stores where I say, can I get that? When it will be? Oh, I have no idea when it'll be. It might be months. I've never experienced that as an American. Okay. So there's, that's your new normal. But we haven't even hit any of this. At the same time, you have COVID taking goods off of the shelves. Mm-hmm. You're injecting all of this money through money printing um, to keep the economy going. They're about to, they want another three and a half trillion dollars to do it. And so all of that money is going into the system. Every time they want to build a road, if you're trying to build a patio, the too few goods would be concrete or construction materials. Mm-hmm. And so your price will go up just because the federal government is using all of those materials. So the price continues to go up. And with so many dollars being pushed in, inflation happens. That's the Fed's job is to control inflation. Now, how do they control inflation? How do you get, when you print too much money, how do you get all that money back to the Fed so you can burn it? They're Through increasing the number of goods, but they, well, yes, but no, also no, no. increasing, but, but yeah, the supply, the if, if they can increase yeah. the number in, on the supply side, but, they, but it's going the wrong direction. Correct. And it's going to get much worse. So you, you, don't, you can't f- fix it that way. And the traditional way is the Fed raises interest rates. So when you go to buy a loan, or, you know, get a loan, you know, right now you can get a loan 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what the bank is borrowing the money for or from. Uh, and then they pass it to you and maybe you have 4% interest. So the bank makes money, the Fed makes money. But when they raise interest rates, that's because the Fed says we need 8% for you to borrow this money. The bank then charges you 10%, but that 8% that the Fed gets, they take all that money out of the market because there's too much money and they burn it. They destroy it because we have made or printed or digitized so much money. You can't, you can't imagine the interest rate that it would take. I mean, we had interest rates double digits under Jimmy Carter. We'll have double digits, but they won't start with a one. They'll start with a two or a three. When that happens, people can't afford their mortgages. People can't afford to invest in business or expand. And the entire thing stops. What we have now is the end game that started Oh, 2000, probably around 2000 and 2008, we just made it worse. We started printing money. We started the Fed, started buying up things. So the stock market doesn't make any sense anymore. All the economic rules are gone. And we're now at the point to where the Fed has to decide. I either have to print much more money, which will make inflation worse, or I've got to try to get us out of that by raising interest rates, which last week they announced. They said they wouldn't do it for two years. 
now they've announced it and they're starting money tapering. So they're not going to buy as much stuff to hold this thing together. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, and you are going to see either the turning on the printing press uh, at unbelievable volumes, mm. or you're going to see a massive, massive crash. And one not like 2008, one that will affect the entire world. And it will put us into a situation that we haven't seen since the 1930s. You know, they had said that they believed the conventional wisdom about spending no longer held water, you know, running up the debt, running up the deficit. <sighs> we did it for so long and got away with it for so long that there was sort of new thinking on this. So we didn't need to worry about it anymore. We didn't have some huge inflation under Obama, under Trump. And so I've seen more left leaning economists come out and say that's sort of yeah. old thinking. You don't have to. Yeah, it's, it's, we don't have to worry about that anymore. That's called modern monetary theory. Mm -hmm. And it is bullcrap. If you didn't need something to back up your currency, you don't think some king or dictator or country would have come up with that a thousand years ago? <laughs> of course you need something to back it up. They're saying all we need is the potential of people paying those income taxes. So we'll go ahead and uh, just print the money. And as long as the potential is there, uh, then we can uh, we can tax them whenever we want if we have to. This is ridiculous because you have all of the money in the system. So how do they solve uh, inflation with price controls? This is why you are seeing every single thing that the government is doing is starting to lock industries into place. Mm -hmm. It's starting to say, I don't care what the little guy is doing. I only care about these big things because that's going to that they can control that it's going to go into public private partnerships and if you don't believe me uh read the coca-cola uh statements from europe they're already deep into this go to the world economic forum and see what they're doing here's one just go to see the person that the fed uh, i'm sorry that our treasury just made the comptroller of our currency she is a, a, a USSR born, raised, and taught professor, student, uh, professor who is now, I think, at Cornell. She's just been made our comptroller. She's so radical that even Janet Yellen said, I don't think she's, you know, she wants to end the banking system. She's now overseeing our banking system. She was just appointed this week. This woman has said repeatedly, that all private banks should be uh, done and all uh, all depositors, every transaction should be going through the Federal Reserve. She wants to end the banking system as we know it. She's just been put in charge of our banking system oh, and our currency. Happen. That's not going to happen. What, what, can she I, but she let me just was. But I know she, well, we're not ending the private banking system. Uh, I mean, unless it collapses. Uh, let me ask you about what you just said, because Joe Biden's talking more and more as we see the inflation numbers go up about profiteers. You know, it's instead of him yes. reversing course and saying maybe it's not a great time to pump almost five trillion more dollars into the economy between the one point two trillion infrastructure bill and then the three point five trillion dollar. I love that people just call it now the reconciliation bill. I mean, it's basically just a a, a wish 
a, a wish list of Democratic initiatives from the Green New Deal to, you know, voting. You, you name it. It's all in this three point five trillion. Um, and thankfully, right now, it's a bit stalled. Joe Manchin, his latest number, he said he he could support one point five trillion. But people like AOC of, uh, are saying there's no way if it's only going to be one point five trillion, they're not going to vote for the one point two trillion infrastructure and back and right. forth. It's all it's kind of stalled right now. But it'd be right. amazing if they don't find their way to m- trillions more in spending. Anyway, in the wake of all that, Biden doesn't say maybe I should slow it down. Those inflation numbers are not good. Maybe I should actually do the thoughtful thing and pump the brakes a little. He starts talking about profiteers. And I've heard him mention the meat industry and I've heard him talk Mm -hmm. about gas. So what's that about? So the meat industry is run by four major corporations. One of them is Chinese. One of them is Brazil. uh, And uh, they control everything. Um, You're seeing meat prices go through the roof. However, the price of cattle is flat or down. So what's up with that? Again, a disconnect from the free market. They have taken these four corporations and just gobbled them up. They're also, these four corporations, the leaders in the fake meat industry. Uh, One, I think from JBS Meat, the CEO has said, meat is going to become something for the very wealthy on special occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that? Why is that happening? Well, because they're all in on the global warming thing, et cetera, et cetera. So our prices of meat are going through the roof and it is designed to be that way. The way we can fight this is to have local meat packing plants. But there's all kinds of regulations. There's all kinds of regulations that are coming on farmers. Your farmers and your ranchers are going to lose the BLM land. This is why I say, Megan, they are they are um, they know what they want to do. And with the economy, the dollar will not exist soon. I'm always wrong on timing, but I'm telling you, write this down. The dollar will not exist. The dollar will become a digital currency. That digital currency is going to be done. And this this is all from the Fed. The digital currency is going to be introduced. You'll have maybe up to a year to change your dollars into digital currency. However, those dollars are not going to be exchanged one for one. So when it and it will depend on uh, on who you are. So as a white man uh, with a lot of money, I'm not going to get one for one. I won't even get close. Every time this has happened in the past in America, it's been an even exchange not a dollar for dollar, but it's everybody's gotten the same. And it's usually 60 cents on the dollar. So we've changed currencies twice before. You lose about 40 cents on every dollar. That's bad. But if you're in a selected group this time, uh, because of equity, you might get one for one. You might even get a dollar 20 for one. Um, others, not in the select groups, will get 60 cents on the dollar, maybe 40 cents on the dollar. This is their big equity push. That is coming when the dollar, when, when this uh, reverse repo thing, which is so complex and hard to understand, but basically what they're trying to do is to make sure that our bonds uh, don't go, uh, our interest rates and our bonds don't go to zero or below. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's buying our bonds. This every night now, this last few nights, it's been over a trillion dollars. The banks are pumping in uh, to the Fed. 
to keep our bonds afloat. This is really, really end stage last flare on the tip of the Titanic as it's, as it's going down. When this thing starts to come apart, it's going to come apart quickly and sink quickly. And people need to be prepared for it. They need to understand that the America that they have always lived in, these systems, you know, I had a, I had a, um, I started talking about the economy in 2004 and nobody believed me. By 2007, I am, I am shooting off flares saying, I'm telling you a crash is coming, bad crash. A year later, it had happened. When I was at a, I was at some fundraiser or something uh, in New York and a college professor came up to me. And he was from Columbia and he's an economics professor. And he said, he started the conversation with, so where did you get your economics degree? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, oh boy, here we go. And I said, I don't have one. I'm self-educated. And he said, I knew it. And I was about to respond, you pompous piece of crap. And he said, I knew it. I can't find a way to get my students to think out of the box like you. Mm-hmm. And here's the here's what the point he was making. They have so many systems. They have they have so many things that everybody says, oh, well, they're not going to lose all this money there. There's systems to make sure that we're on track. No, no, there are. But everybody has so blindly bought into these systems um, that when they start to fall apart, there there is no there's no backup. Well, okay, but can is, you help me understand it? I, when you say we're not going to have the dollar anymore, I mean, I understand that inflation makes the value of a dollar go down and it's dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. That's why the dollar doesn't get you the thing at Dollar Tree anymore. You need the correct. dollar plus another half dollar. So if that continues to dwindle, dwindle, dwindle to where the dollar's worth next to nothing, what what do you mean? Like what's next? Digital currency? Like what? So, what, is, so what does that look like? Here's what's happening. China, Russia, and others are already starting to get out of the bond market with us. They're dumping our bonds and they're trying to establish their own currency as the currency, uh, the world reserve currency. The reason why the dollar is what it is, is because so many things like oil must be transacted in dollars. So if you're in another country, you're in Germany and you have the mark, you have to trade that mark in for a U.S. dollar to buy oil. Okay, that's what keeps our dollar going is we're the world reserve currency. We're the gold of the world. Okay, they all hold dollars in their vaults through bonds. Well, the the world has stopped buying bonds. The only one that are buying U.S. Treasury bonds is the Federal Reserve. And, you know, what you what you have to understand is three point four trillion dollars. Where are we getting that? Well, we sell bonds. Who are we selling bonds to? We're selling to the world. World doesn't want them. So the Federal Reserve buys them with printed money. They've bought all of these bonds. They're trying. This is this is part of the thing that they're doing every night with the reverse repo is they're trying to keep that bond from going negative or to zero or nobody will buy it or the worst part let the market take over so that yield goes way up what that means is just like anything else if you go into the bank and you have a great stable job and you spend money the right way and you're reasonable you'll get a low interest rate but the more risky you are 
the higher the interest rate. So bonds, when they talk about yield, don't think of it like that. Think of it as we're a really bad risk. And so we have to give these countries 6%, 8%, 10% to borrow that money. Now, here's what you have to understand when you think about the government. Forget about all the fancy things they've dressed it up as. When the government is borrowing money, it's just like you and our bond sales, our interest rate on that debt is an adjustable mortgage. So every time, every day bonds are bought and sold, the the interest rate that we have to pay out, if it goes up, we're really screwed. If it goes up to 7%, we can't make our bills. We can't. We we are the worst risk in the world. So everybody's getting out of that, which makes our dollar worth less and less and less. Mm -hmm. We're printing, which makes our dollar worth less and less and less. Somebody is going to come up and say, we're the new world reserve currency. When that happens, we will be Venezuela. That's where I feel like it falls apart. You know, that's China's had major setbacks. Like who? Because who's the next best alternative after us? There isn't one. But see, that is that that is assuming that that's all based on that one assumption. And I've been saying it for a long time. We're the floatiest piece of poop in the toilet bowl. Okay. <laughs> now I'm but, back to understanding all that bond right. yield stuff confused that's, me, but, but I that's get that. all we, we're still a piece of poop. Okay. <laughs> at, at but we're the most point, robust piece of poop there. That's, that's all right. we need for right now. I realize it's not great financial policy, but I look around, I don't see even, I mean, I was reading up about China just recently and it was like, so no, it's this, trouble. yeah, we were told that they were going to be taking over as the economic leader. No, they're not. No, they're not. They, you can't in a communist country. It's not going to happen. Russia. No, they, they're not next in line. Germany. No, too, too small for one thing. So I don't see. But at some point, the math, the math works out. See what the Fed has done is is uh, look at us as a patient and the Fed is the doctor. Doc, I can't sleep at night. Okay, let me give you some sleeping medicine. Come back two weeks later. Doc, sleep is fine, but now I can't stay awake during the day. Great, here's some amphetamines. Two weeks later, I'm awake during the day, but man, I'm so jittery and my heart is racing. Great, here's something to help your heart. Now my blood pressure is up. Here's some blood pressure. This was wrong to start with the sleeping pills. Okay, Mm -hmm. they are out of prescriptions that that's the real problem. There are no more prescriptions to write. You're killing the patient. Mm -hmm. So the Fed has to just they have to just they become our Dr. Conrad Murray. Uh, Michael Jackson's guy who put him to sleep by force yes. and then ultimately yes. permanently. All right. The good place to leave it for now. Uh, very interesting. I learned a lot. Uh, I'm, I want to know more. And uh, I hope you're totally wrong. This is my prayer is that you're 100 percent wrong. But I fear like so many of your predictions, Glenn, you're you're not wrong. I'm um, telling you. I want to ask I, you up I, next about um, military men speaking out. Right. Because I know that you spoke to uh, the parents of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Marine Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel uh, Stuart Scheller. They came on your show yesterday. And should we be putting guys like Stuart in the brig in solitary confinement for simply asking for accountability at the higher ranks? Love to hear your thoughts on it and your thoughts on how inflation is affecting your life. Call me at 833-44-MEGYN. That's 833-446-3496. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. 
you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show. My guest today is Glenn Beck, host of the Glenn Beck program on Blaze TV. And we'd love to know your thoughts on Glenn's predictions when it comes to the economy, on how inflation is affecting your life, on anything that we've discussed today. Call me at 833-44-MEGYN. That's 833-446-3496. Yeah, Glenn. Megan, may I, I, I just I just want to say one more thing on the economy. Yeah, please. Yeah. You may not believe me at all, but I, I have a pretty good track record on um, bad timing. But I'm telling you, please prepare for impact. Well, how? You're going to see. How? I would be stuffing my money in my mattress, but that's not going to do me any good according to this plan. What should I do? Well, um, you should have, uh, you should decrease your your spending as much as you can. Um, you should get your life and your finances in order as much as you can. Um, you should have basic supplies. I mean, you're going to see empty shelves. If you do, just do this. Go shopping for Christmas if you have kids this week. You will not find things on the shelves at Christmas. Um, it's going to be a different kind of a scenario. Next year, we're going to have a breakdown in the supply chain. Uh, and you will find empty shelves a lot of places. You will not recognize your country a year from now. Mm-hmm. We are about to pay for many of the things, not all, but many of the things we are now doing or have You're done in the last this 10 is years. with or without three point five trillion and one point two trillion that they're debating right yeah. now. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Can um, I tell you I just mean, just you... anecdotally, we're building a little like little small like studio, frankly, I'm building a little studio and um, we got an estimate and they came in and this was the number. And then it kind of sat there for eight months because we were waiting for approval and all that to go through with the town. And now we just rounded back. The budget has literally doubled. It's gone up a hundred percent. So just because uh, Megan, of I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of building something out west as well. Um, I've been working on it for two years, uh, and it's had such s- slowdowns because I have to use steel and everything else. Concrete was a problem. It's gone up over a hundred percent as well. And when I looked at what's happening with the banks last night of $1.6 trillion and coupled with the fact they're going to raise interest rates next year. Um, This weekend, I'm having a serious conversation with my wife. I I think I should stop all construction. Just bury bury the foundation. Just Mm. stop. Because I think next year is is the beginning. I mean, I'm, I'm going to start doing research on if I can find anybody that can tell me what they wish they would have done in Venezuela, you oh, now wow. have 70% living in abject poverty. That was one of the most successful capitalist uh, countries in the Western Hemisphere. Um, and it's 
they're eating dogs. So mm-hmm. what did they do? All right. Let me uh, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question as a friend. Do you feel like because you ha- I've been following you for a long, long time and, you know, I'm your number one fan. But do you feel like sometimes your predictions have a tendency to be too catastrophic? Um, uh, no. Uh, yes and no. Um, the timing is usually way off. Um, and so what I thought was going to happen in 08 with the economy it didn't all come to fruition because they broke the free market to save the free market. Mm, yeah, it would have the been, so it, they would have been that bad. Now what they've done is made things worse. And so what's coming now, I, I wasn't saying there was going to be an end of a dollar in 08. I was just to say, we're going to hit a depression. And if you listen to everybody who knows anything, that's what they were saying. That's, we have to have tarp. We have to bail everybody out. Otherwise, it would have closed down the entire world, the economy. We've been in the depression. Okay, so all right, that's what I was saying back then. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go so deep because they they fudged it. Yeah, they the saved only it. thing that the only thing that would stop this is I I don't know some other magic trick, but it will only make it worse in the end. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's not. Uh, my prediction was we're going to we're not going to recognize our country someday that the Marxists that, are going to yes. be running things. I mean, look, you're not wrong there. And the, and that's happened at a very rapid pace in the past couple of years. The acceleration has been very jarring, um, very disturbing. I, I, mean, I want to shift gears because we teased a couple yeah. of other stories that I really wanted to get your take on. And I'll start with this one because it's fast. I think Kamala Harris is now trying to do damage control for her ridiculous nonsense when it came to a student's comment about Israel. She was at George Mason University. Uh, uh, one of these you know, far left woke college students made some comment about Israel and she had an absurd response that she's still now trying to clean up. Here's the clip. Over the summer, there have been, like, protests and demonstrations in astronomical numbers standing with Palestine. But then just a few days ago, there were funds allocated to continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide. And this is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth cannot be suppressed. And it, and it must be heard. Oh, my Lord. That's I her can't truth. take your truth anymore. Shut no, up neither with can I. Truth. Same. Let's talk about the real truth. Jeez. Yeah, they, they're um, committing a genocide, really. And the vice president of the United States says your truth. What? Yeah, yeah. The, the, first of all, they're not committing a genocide. Uh, you know who is committing a genocide? China, and we're doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this this kind of your truth, um, you know, has to be heard. Well, what about the people who, like me, could go into a university and say? Uh, that's not true about Israel. In fact, Israel is one of the more amazing countries in the world for what they have done for progress and, and society and medicine and everything else. Um, they are completely alone. They're being attacked all the time. And what would you do if they were lobbing uh, rockets uh, at your house? What would you do? Would you say, oh, you know what? Let's sit down and talk to these people when they clearly say we want to kill you and make sure you can't live here. I don't know. Um, but my truth, my truth can't be heard. It's yeah, well, it's, that's exactly right. So, Glenn, can uh, I tell you? So, so 
it's so absurd. Of course, on Israel, that's the where she decides to say this nonsense, yeah, right? Your truth cannot be suppressed. She goes on to say, our goal should be unity, but not uniformity. Unity should never be at the expense of telling any one person so, for the sake of so, unity. Oh, oh you be God. quiet about that thing. From this administration, who does she think she's kidding? Does she want to look at the January 6th protesters and tell them their truth ought to be expressed? Because that's not really the messaging we've had on that subject or any other from the Democrats who are now in charge. Can I ask you a question that I just don't know the answer to anymore? I used to know the I had a good read of the American people. I'm not sure I know who they are anymore. Do the people who voted for Biden but weren't zombies, I mean, the regular Democrats, the regular, are there any regular Democrats? And why why is no one going on the Democratic side? Okay, I mean, look, we didn't want Trump, but. We know this. is They nuts. are there. I do know the answer to that, because, look, if there's one advantage of living and still I still I live in a blue state and I've been in yeah. New York for almost my entire life, a little stint in Illinois, also very blue. Um, it's that I, everyone I know is a Democrat. <laughs> like every single friend right. I have, I've got like two Republican friends um, and they're they're good and they're honest and they you know, they they like a little bigger government. They want a government safety net. Right. Um, they don't make a lot of money. And so they think Republicans are for, are for rich people. You know what I mean? They, they don't want mm-hmm. to see corporate tax cuts and they understand it may trickle down. But, you know, I, I could go through that. They pro environment, blah, blah, blah. They are not on board with this nonsense. No. And by the way, they don't like her and they don't like the real version of Joe Biden as opposed to the one that ran. And I'm hearing it from my friends who are flaming liberals, who are hard lefties when it comes to economic policy and so on. They can't believe this nonsense. So, Megan, I have been trying to convince a couple of members of the Senate um, to actually stand up on, on both sides of the aisle and say, you people aren't serious about any of it. You know, you you Republicans, you say you're for uh, low spending and all of this stuff with the Constitution. But look what you've done. Yeah. And unless you, Trump's you the president. Democrats and you Democrats, you say this. But you know what? I as a senator and this guy is a congressman and this guy's a Democrat and I'm a Republican. We're done with all of you. We're done with all of you. Here's what we believe. We believe these truths are still self-evident. And because you keep wrapping things in 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 things that split us and 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 make us all mad and you say you're fixing a problem. But what you're actually doing is undermining the Constitution every step of the way. So I'm not going to talk to you about your policy proposals If it violates the Constitution in any way, because the only way out, the only way to be able to unite this country again is to unite on what we originally united on. All men and women and everybody created equal and they have certain rights and governments are instituted to protect those rights, period. Mm-hmm. Not to protect me when Joe Biden says, uh, well, I just have to keep everybody safe. No, you don't. That's not your job. And I know this sounds really horrible, but this is what happens when you go to war. When something is really bad, people choose to go to war. When we went to World War II, we said, we're willing to die so my children will have the right to live and live the way they want to. That's the same thing with COVID. If you have to take away people's rights to be able to survive this, 
then let me go into work. Let me be one of the firefighters like in Chernobyl that tried to put it out and tried to save everybody. And they all knew they were going to die. Let me be that person. I'll do that. Don't take away the rights of my children. Mm-hmm. This is reminding me, it's a good segue into Stuart Scheller, because I know you spoke with his parents. He's a Marine lieutenant colonel. He's sitting in the brig in solitary confinement right now for doing something that's not allowed. I concede what he did is not allowed. Um, In uniform, he criticized up the chain of command and for good reason. I mean, we all know why Afghanistan has been a disaster, the the withdrawal disaster. He wants to see accountability. We've had absolutely none of it. As it turns out, the only person in military uniform who's going to be held accountable for anything appears to be Stuart Cheller. And his parents were saying... um, You've got to have a steel spine to send a child into the military in these circumstances, in today's day and age, for reasons that have become so painfully obvious to us all. We have a little soundbite of you speaking to his parents. Let's listen. We are a nation in revolution, and I believe your son is the first political prisoner in this revolution. Uh, We agree. We agree. When someone first said to me, is your son a political prisoner? We had to look up the definition We didn't even know what that would be in the United States of America, but it fits. You know, Glenn, I've always respected you and your knowledge of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I'm going to tell you, you and I both know we're living history right now. Oh, we are. Mm, Those poor parents. This guy sitting in solitary confinement. Glenn, why? Like he's some threat to America? Right. Well, let's take this twofold. What's happening here is the Bubba effect, something I talked about with special forces back in 2004. And I asked them uh, off air, what is it that you are really worried about? And they said the Bubba effect. And I said, I don't know what that is. Uh, The Bubba effect is when let's just say this is the example they gave then. But you'll you'll see how it correlates here. Um, when there's another big terrorist attack, but the federal government has been puts, playing footsie with, you know, um, uh, really dangerous people and trying to convince the Americans that there is no difference between a Muslim and an Islamist. There's a huge difference and people know the difference. Uh, and uh, the government just doesn't do anything, doesn't do anything. Then there's another big terrorist attack. Well, Bubba, who's working at a convenience store who doesn't know the difference between a Muslim, an Islamist, and a, and a Sikh, a guy comes in with a turban and Bubba shoots him. And everybody knows, oh, dear God, Bubba, what did you do? Yeah, I mean, Bubba, is, but when the feds come into town, the town says, excuse me, you're not going to take Bubba. We'll deal with Bubba. What he did was wrong, and he'll pay for it. But you people were the ones that screwed this whole thing up in the first place because you have been ignoring the real issue. So what happened here is he did something wrong. He should not have made that video in uniform, in office. He should have resigned first. So there has to be some payment because we cannot uh, have uh, justice here if if he does, if he goes off scot-free. Okay, but what's happening is there's no mercy. There's no mercy. They are they are putting him through this to set an example. You shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. The same thing with the January 6th uh, guys. What they did was wrong and there needs to be justice. Uh, And it, it has they have to pay a price for that. 
However, to be in solitary confinement, to have a misdemeanor and have the judges saying, I don't think that's strong enough. We should put them in jail for the first time. Jail for misdemeanors? Mm -hmm. No, that's sending a message to the rest of the country. Don't you dare come here. Don't you dare get together in your little groups and protests because we'll get you. We'll find a way to get you. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's so, so true and so well said. And don't believe her for the sake of unity. Oh, you be quiet about that thing. That should never happen. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, right. As you said I earlier, mean, don't look at what they say. Look at what they do. And they've been trying to silence their dissenters, their critics from the moment he took office. It's one of the reasons why people are starting to see what he really is as opposed. How are we to know he was in the basement? As I said, 44 percent was a not Trump vote. Well, now you're seeing what Joe Biden really stands for. And there's going to be a real reckoning, I think, in 2022 and certainly 24 about so whether people are behind that. Glenn, oh, my God, it's you're always you. you're not only my friend, you, you're my teacher. You always have been. It's such a pleasure <laughs> getting your perspective. Love, Thank love, you. love spending time with you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Megan. God bless. Mm. Isn't he amazing? Um, OK, so are you going to are you going to take Glenn's advice? Are you going to start Christmas shopping right now? Stock up on supplies, toilet paper, all that spend less. Would love to hear from you on all of it. Call me at 833-44-MEGYN. If you call now, we're talking right after this break. So we'll get the calls on right now. Uh, this is your chance. 833-446-3496. Do you owe back taxes? Pandemic relief is now over. Along with hiring thousands of new agents and field officers, the IRS has kicked off 2024 by sending over 5 million pay-up letters to those who have unfiled tax returns or balances owed. Oh, joy. Don't waive your rights and speak with them on your own. Tax Network USA, a trusted tax relief firm, has saved over $1 billion in back taxes for their clients, and they can help you secure the best deal possible. Whether you owe $10,000 or $10 million, they can help you. Whether it's business or personal taxes, even if you have the means to pay or you're on a fixed income, they can help finally resolve your tax burdens once and for all. Call 1-800-245-6000 for a private free consultation or visit tnusa.com slash Megan. All right, going to take our first caller who is number three, Dennis in Iowa. How you doing, Dennis? I'm doing great, Megan. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Well, I used to be a chauffeur, and I was even your chauffeur Oh, uh, when you came to Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, very um, nice. I How was I? Was I a nice person? the elections. <laughs> you were a very nice person as along with your assistant. Oh, she's right here, Abigail. <laughs> very nice. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did three elections. I started in uh, the Obama era, and uh, I had a, you know... He was your last guest was really making things click. Um, I do believe that that China would be the next power because um, he was making things click with them, and I just went blank. <laughs> no, no, it's um, okay. I but I, I know. I think. Look, listen. When you when you were driving around all these like muckety mucks, not me, but the other muckety mucks, did you talk economic right? policy with them? We, as a chauffeur, are not allowed to uh, talk politics, but yes, uh, there were bankers that I took, and they were talking about it during the Clinton 
Trump administration about how they were gearing up for Clinton to win, how their uh, interest rates were going to go up and they were going to cut back on people being able to get loans and things like that. Mm. And uh, there was like only one uh, guy that was like, we really need Trump to win because that's going to open up our banking again. So little little did they know, Dennis. I mean, thanks for calling in. I, I feel like the Trump economy, we've forgotten about it. COVID hit and then we forgot about it, but it was sailing. We It was robust. We were on a great trajectory. And um, yes, he was a spender. So some of this would have come back eventually. But the, the drunken sailing spending has been downright scary since Joe Biden took office and they're about to drop another five trillion, five trillion without even thinking about it. Tiffany in Florida, number one, what's on your mind? Hi. Hey, Megan, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. How about you? I'm good. good. So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about education. The National School Board Association recently came out and said that parents that are coming and speaking to school boards are, are somehow maybe domestic terrorists. Did you see that? I did see this story. So uh, the headline was like, School board wants to designate parents terrorists. And I was like, oh, come on. And I click on it and it says, OK, if if threats are made by parents to the school board, they ought to be we, we ought to be able to use the Domestic Terrorism Act to get them. All right. OK, I see where they're going. And then you read further and it and the, the, the terrorist threat or the threats that are being made to the school board encompass objecting to their plans. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you want to write a letter to your school school board saying, do what I say or, you know, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, you're in trouble. But I object to what you're doing. Like the thing, the story we did yesterday, I object to you putting child pornography into the school library that no. And you know that that's exactly how they're going to use it. They're going to try to silence dissent. We've been talking about it the whole show. Um, so, yeah, that's that is controversial. And it's actually one of the things um, we didn't get to, to cover today. But, yes, I have the same interest as you do, Tiffany, in following up. Well, on I that. hope I hope we I hope we do get to talk about it at some point. I served as a school board member here in Florida. And I just uh, from 2016 to 2020, I just found out my local school board wants to remove citizen input from the meetings. What? Before the meeting starts, and they're not going to record it or publish it anymore. And no. so that's out for public notice right now. I know it's crazy. No, so, be loud. Know, be be as loud as possible. And if they won't let you speak at the school board, you come on the show, you speak here. They're, they're, we've got to fight that. Absolutely. We started a group called Moms for Liberty and we're uniting parents around the country. I love Moms for Liberty. I went down and yeah, I spoke to Moms for Liberty a couple weeks, a couple months ago in Orlando and it was amazing. And I love what you guys are doing because more, more and more groups like this need to get together and, and fight back. The, the poor women who started it. Um, one of them had feces dropped on her 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 home door. I mean, they put you through a lot if you speak up, but speak up. We must. Otherwise, you see the fight. Tiffany, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. I want to get to Matt in Indiana uh, and, and your thoughts, Matt. What's on your mind? Hi, good morning, Megan. Um, just wanted to talk about how I was listening to you and Glenn uh, talk about inflation. And I am a, a commercial motor vehicle salesperson and our cost of goods, uh, for instance, on trailers. I sell a certain type of trailer, and in March I sold the trailer at thirty-two thousand. Um, today that trailer is over forty thousand dollars. Wow! So, um, you know, bodies for just dump trucks uh, over thirteen thousand dollars for less equipment in a matter of six months. Yes, so right. So the cost of steel and inflation and everything that's going on with uh, order boards for these order or uh, OEM manufacturers. They're sold out, can't get equipment. Um, it it's just all ties into what Glenn was saying with the inflation mm -hmm. that's going on due to the printing of the money. 
And that gets passed on. You know, it's not like uh, it stops with you. Right. Eventually it hits the consumer's wallet and they feel it, too. And it's in part why Joe Biden's approval ratings are going down, because you hurt somebody in their pocketbook. They will hold it against you politically. Um, I think we're all feeling it. You know, you just sort of even whether you whether you have money or you don't, you're feeling it. But people who don't have a lot of, of dough who have an average of if if this a thousand dollars in the bank really feel it um and there's there's no telling people to to not believe their their lying eyes they, they're going to believe what you know what they feel uh okay ted minnesota what's on your mind number four yes megan great show say um just wanted to add a little bit to the to the academic discourse of uh of glenn beck um yes inflation is a balance between uh, the supply and demand of currency and the supply and demand of goods and services and the way uh, people like Donald Trump deal with it is to uh, get rid of stupid regulations, make sure there's an ample supply of energy, and that means oil, that means nuclear, and the rest takes care of itself. Um, the, the way that liberals deal with it is exactly the wrong way. They put stupid regulations on productivity. They're, they're phobic when it comes to nuclear, phobic when it comes to oil. And then they say, well, how are we going to pay for this? Oh, well. Go to the Federal Reserve and, and, and print up some more money because money is what we need. If you look mm-hmm. at Venezuela and other communist countries, that's what they do. They do stupid stuff to control their, their productivity, and then they print up phony money and they run away with runaway inflation. It's really and scary. And we get messages as they're trying to put another five trillion into you know the economy right now saying that's going to cost zero. You know, that three point five trillion, it's totally going to be zero because they're going to pay for it with higher taxes on small businesses, which are the ones who employ the people who won't be employing the people anymore because they're going to get hit with these taxes. And those same people are going to have to pay more out of their pocket in order to sustain their lives. And you tell me what that means for our electoral politics. Got to leave it at that. You guys, thank you all for calling in. Thank you all for listening next week on the show. I mean, my my guru, Victor Davis Hanson. I love him. And former FDA chief Scott Gottlieb. Check out the show, youtube.com forward slash Megan Kelly if you want to watch it. Download it as a podcast on Stitcher. See you later.